We are looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Father, this is your living word, and we pray for the power of your spirit to understand it and live it out, and we commit our hearts now to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in verse 31 here, we see a list of sins. See a list of sins of the old nature, uh, of the unregenerate nature, and we see we again we've been seeing for weeks now we're to put these things off, uh, to put off these uh, ways of acting and speaking, so as not to grieve the spirit of God, and we must ask the spirit to remind us uh, quickly when these begin to creep in again, and to be sensitive to Him. And then we are to take uh, serious and even bold actions of faith and obedience to root them out like a plant, a weed you don't want. Proverbs refers several times to the root of the righteous, the root of the righteous, which uh, cannot be pulled up <clears throat> and which bears good fruit. And that is what we want, brothers and sisters. That's what we want rooted in our life. We want righteousness to be growing up and Christ-like character. And so let's go through this list now of these sins that we want to root out. Think of that as we go through this. We want to pull these out, pull them out, and not allow them to grow. First of all, it says, let all bitterness, let all bitterness be put off or pulled out. Let me define, I'll define really briefly each of these words, but basically this is a longer-term resentment, a longer-term resentment, and, you know, holding a grudge. Hebrews 12, uh, 14 and 15 is a key cross-reference. It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. This is one way we fall short of the grace of God. And then it says, lest any root of bitterness springing up like a quick weed springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So bitterness indeed causes trouble. And if there is a root of bitterness, uh, it, you know, it's mostly unseen, kind of, uh, like a root, uh, but it has to be yanked out like a weed. It, it can develop, it can spring up at times and defile our own hearts and defile those around us. It poisons, in fact, it poisons others, and it needs to be rooted out radically. In Acts 8, Simon, who was formerly a magician, uh, he was, it says he was poisoned by bitterness. He was poisoned by bitterness because he wanted the power that he saw Peter and John had, and he was jealous. And jealousy, I believe, can often lead to bitterness. May the Lord keep us from this. Secondly, it talks about wrath. We are to put wrath off. Wrath is a kind of anger that is expressed by rage and extreme emotion. It's kind of like boiling over, you know, you boil over and you lose control. 
And the word actually means hot. And so, you know, these kinds of explosions are hopefully quickly regretted and confessed among us. The third word is anger. It's the <clears throat> more standard word on anger. James 1 says, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man or the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Our anger does not produce righteousness, which is what we saw earlier, what we want rooted in growing up. So we have to put it off. This is the anger here that does not please the Lord. It's selfish. It's destructive. It's hurtful. It just seeks its own. And this is not righteous anger. If Ephesians 4.26 uh, refers to a, a kind of anger, righteous anger. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Uh, this should be limited still in duration and against uh, specific sin, especially our own sin. A couple of verses related to uh, to anger. Psalm 37, 8 says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Cease from it. Let's be done with it. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Give it up. Proverbs 14, 29 says, he who is slow to wrath has great understanding. So if you want to understand what is an understanding man or what is a wise man, it says here, it's a person who is slow to anger. He has great understanding. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh word, a harsh word stirs up anger. So, you know, harshness and rudeness and disrespect stirs up strife, stirs up more anger, anger in others. But a soft answer can turn that away. May we be giving that kind of answer with our tongue. The fourth wor word is clamor, clamor. So we're to put that off. The clamor is... Uh, noisiness, you know, loud, really loud, shouting probably, you know, making a lot of noise. Certainly believers should not be known for this at all, for being obnoxious or annoying or argumentative or just loud, trying to overrule others by our loudness. The fifth word is evil speaking. It says, in fact, put evil speaking away from you, put it away. Other translations uh, use the word slander here, slander. Uh, speaking evil of others and degrading others, breaking the commandment, ninth commandment. The sixth word is malice. Malice is anger with, you've given thought to it. It's anger with forethought. It's with intent. You have intent here. You have a desire to do evil, to harm someone. This character hopes to see hurt others hurt and probably to seek revenge. It is planned, it is lingering, it can be smoldering. And may the Lord keep us from malice. Romans 12, 21 says, we are not to be overcome by evil, but we are to overcome evil with good. And then verse 32 is the completing of the paragraph and, and the sentence here, and we'll focus on it, uh, Lord willing, next week. But this talks about the opposite of the list that we've just gone through. It's about a loving and forgiving spirit that we see in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And in terms of relating, this verse is the one that most comes to my mind, or the Spirit brings to my mind. If I'm counseling somebody, if I see anger, I, I think of this verse, not quite daily, but a lot. And I pray this for us that we would be kind here to one another. I believe we are, and we're growing in that. That we would be tender-hearted toward each other, and we'd be very forgiving people here. Last week, I quoted Spurgeon, and he said this, 
The Holy Spirit is grieved with us mainly for our own sakes, for he knows what misery sin will cost us. He reads our sorrows in our sins. He grieves over us because he sees how much chastisement we incur and how much communion we lose. Not only do the ways of communicating and relating we went through here uh, grieve the Spirit because it causes chastisement and it impacts our relationship with the Lord, but it also certainly impacts our relationship with each other, with others in the body of Christ, with whom we are to walk in unity and in peace. And praise God that he has given us the truth, his living word, so that we know what to be aware of. We've just heard that from the living word of God and what to get rid of and that we have the truth about what we're to put on. We know what we're to put on uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit and by his grace. And so now as we come to the table and as we commune with the Lord, may the Spirit bring to our minds ways that we need to change, that we might seek him and his grace to become like Christ as we come to the table, who never spoke in these ways, but is our example in all things. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we come as your people to your table. And we come to honor you and to be strengthened by grace uh, in order to speak and to act as we've just heard, to act as your disciples and to become more like you. And so Lord, we pray that you would unite us now in you. And we ask that you, we would be strong in you, walking in the spirit, and that we would be kept from these sins, Lord, and from the evil one. For we come in the name of our precious Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.